Today on our show... We are wrapping up all the television we've watched in the first half of 2023. Damn right. Let's go, Paulie. Show me that list again. Show me that list. Don't pick that horror. Baby, here's a rom-com. Counting down one, two, ten. This list is ready to begin. Oh, as long as we've got some dick jokes. We've got the audience right in our hands, Paulie, you and me. We gotta be the luckiest dick, cause you know that we're assholes. As long as we keep on listing, we can take in and topic comes our way. Asshole week to week. Suck my dick. We got each other sharing the soundboard and bowl. Yeah, that goes on a while, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we lost about 98 Yep, everyone's just listeners. left now. It's fine. <laughs> Welcome to episode 431 of the Countdown Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Wayne. And my name is Paul. And Wayne, how do we share balls? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was balls the adjective as opposed to balls the noun. <laughs> you know, the soundboard and balls. That's how we do <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't aware it wasn't added to, but okay. Uh, welcome <laughs> to the podcast. We count down stuff in order of awesomeness, so you don't have to. Today, we are counting down the shows we've talked. We haven't talked about the show. Mm. That we want you to know that we've been watching the television shows in particular, from worst to best. We didn't have a number that we came up with, but as it turns out, I have ten. I got seven. Wayne's got a few less. So it's going to be a little bit of a guide to what we've been watching in 2023 to hopefully help you out and make your choices on what you're going to watch next. Which because is, there's so much TV, Paul. There's so much. There's like a thousand million shows. Ludicrous. And I've, I've had to make some some assumptions based on what I've seen so far and some things, but oh. I want to shout out our patrons, our glorious, amazing patrons who Damn support right. the show with monetarily every month in these tough economic times. And, and love. Incredibly appreciated. We did a little bit of a preview of this episode about four or five weeks ago for them. Mm-hmm. And some of the shows on my list were talked about them, but they progressed four or five weeks. Mm. So I've got more to say and have reordered things accordingly. So Most hopefully dead. this will still be enjoyable to you patrons because, hell, you are the lifeblood of the show and you can support the show if you wish to do so. Check out our website, thecountdownpodcast.com for links to Patreon and merchandise and all the other stuff that matters. Fun shit. There. All right, Wayne. Um, there's no recount today. Strange this. It's pretty straightforward. Let's punch it. There's no right or wrong. It's just shows we've been watching this year. Whatever season it is of that particular show. Exactly. Interest me. Inform me. Yeah. Next week, we'll get back into the recount with our Top 10 Asian Films winner on that particular episode. So, without any further ado, let's not even do the music, Wayne. Over to you. What is... Oh, well, oh, you, you go first because you've got too many. Yeah. All right. My number 10, worst show I've watched. Literally fell asleep by the end of the first episode. My wife stood up in disgust and walked away because she oh my could God. not stand anymore to watch this Really? Episode. The immortal words of, I'm going to bed. Echoed from her mouth. <laughs> Fubar, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> oh no! This show fucking sucks. I saw that one too. Yeah. Wait, that's one of mine. Wait, really? Yeah. Okay, look. Full disclosure. Okay. I've seen one point five episodes. Well, I also technically, if you count your eyes closed, have seen about one point six six episodes because I fell asleep and let it auto played all the way through the two thirds mark before it woke me up with another action scene. So wait, 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 wait. This show sucks, man. <laughs> okay, hang on a second here. Tell me what it's about first. It's about uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is a retiring CIA operative and he's a divorce from his wife. 
and he's got a daughter who's the apple of his eye. And mm-hmm. She's married to a non-effectual idiot, and he's trying to get back with his wife. And he's got a bu- he's got a bunch of non-supportive co-workers who just give him shit all the time, which is a brave fucking move when you're working with exactly. Arnold Schwarzenegger, including a very very large woman who's giving him shit. I'm like, where are you operating from, lady? <laughs> How about fucking look in the mirror before you start giving everyone else shit? See, I had heard it was a bag of urine, right? Probably from me. Probably, right? And then it's been renewed for a second season. A lot of people. Clearly, I am in the minority. Well, I started watching it knowing they're expecting balls, so you know how it is, right? Opening of the pilot, I'm like, this is relatively high production value. Am I wrong? It looks like it's filmed quite well. It's on Netflix, by the way. Should add. Yeah, Netflix, all right? And so I'm like, this isn't too bad. And then I'm liking the Arnie foul mouth dialogue. It smells like donkey ass down here. And like, he's, he's always saying... Foul mouth. Yeah, but so I'm like, oh, well, That's Arnie doesn't... Wayne, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. <laughs> Arnie doesn't usually chuck shit. He's like, of course it's got chocolate crunchies. What am I, an asshole? You know, stuff like that. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Let's make him a little bit vulgar. That's funny. And I'm like... Arnie is still. I still love Arnie. I say oh, I think he's a great. I think he's a great man. Arnie I think will he's a great man. always be one of my absolute favorites. Because Absolutely, he's done the Terminator and Terminator Two and Predator. But and just his life. This motherfucker just turns up and becomes like royalty. The governor. The governor. He fucking marries into the Kennedys. Yeah, he bangs the he maid. Bangs the maid. Wayne, Wayne's like, life goals. No. The, it, <laughs> Look, this is just an example of what happens when you've got too much power and you'll fuck anything. Absolute power corrupts. Because that maid looks like ass. Wayne. Now, <laughs> but, and then he becomes like the biggest movie star in the world. He's a great man. Now, this here, I'm, I'm like, what's he doing now? Is Because he's, he's going back to his true lies. Well, because roots? he failed at several film attempts. So now he's gone, all right, well, how about the small screen? Because he's not dumb. Exactly. If anything, he's smart as these nuts. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I reckon that... And I was like... And even the soundtrack was really good. Did you not notice the no, soundtrack? I did it not. It like Magic Horror. All right, fine. Maybe it's just me. But um, I, I... think there's a bit of uh, Arnie nostalgia coloring. Tons. Yeah. Tons and tons, right? But, like, tell me. because So, you only saw... One, so, you saw about as much as me. I saw two-thirds of the first... Probably more than that. I got, I got probably... 10% the way through to last episode, and I literally fell asleep. To is the first the, episode. So, is the issue that it becomes no action after it's, the oh first? Yeah, I should add, okay, if you've seen the trailer, you know, this is the this is the issue. His daughter is actually also a CIA agent, and he's sent in to rescue a CIA agent from a really bad situation. Happens to be his daughter, and anger and resentment ensues. Ah, uh, okay. And I'm so like, oh, what the fuck ever. And it got renewed. It did get renewed, so good. If you like the show, I'm glad that you look. I, I, my big, my my caveat with this was like, look, I've only seen. Look, I say 1.5. I probably saw 1.1 because I was like, oh, the next one started, but then I had to fuck off, right? Yeah, okay. So, um, has it not grabbed you that much if you've stopped there? Because it's been out for a long time. This show. Oh well, I had to take a shit, (laughs) but. um, (laughs) (laughs) And yes, didn't return to it. So you see, Wayne. We just got through talking about your shower iPad. Why do you draw the line off off mic? Why, by the way, why do you draw the line at the shitter? Well, you okay. could have taken Netflix into the shitter with you and oh, continued watching. Well, here's what happened: I was watching it in here, all right, and then like. Yeah, I could have done that, so obviously it didn't grab That's me. That's what I'm trying to say. Right, right. When your shit takes precedence over an yes. engaging supposed and then, show. And then it's so impressive, your shit, you forget about the show. Yeah, I came back <laughs> and didn't. I could have run out of time because it was a bit of a session, but that's not the point. I mean, I understand. 
I'm not judging. I do the same thing. Oh, no, I understand. The fucking footy's on. I need to shit. The footy's coming with me. Bro, if it weren't for iPhones, I wouldn't see so much stuff. <laughs> my my. For the record, when I'm dropping a deuce, yeah. the app of choice is Reddit. Yeah. It's actually the perfect oh, app. Reddit. I thought you meant like a movie watching app. So, in other words, you'd be Christopher Nolan's biggest fan. <laughs> Why does he like really? He fucking he says you need to see everything on IMAX screens. You oh can't. yeah yeah yeah. How yeah. about this, Christopher Nolan? Put a fucking IMAX screen in our city, and I'll consider <laughs> your shit. Uh, Chris Nolan. Yes, thank you. Uh, so Fubar, not for you. Slightly more for me, but Fair then enough. again, I do say mm. so. Okay, fine. My number nine is like this Please. critical darling, and seemingly everybody is falling over themselves to watch this show. And I watched a couple the of those. whole thing. Although ironically, I had to go for a shit. <laughs> Absolute truth. We're changing the name of the episode <laughs> to t- TV shows you shat through. <laughs> this is absolute truth, and I've only just put this together. <laughs> My wife and I watch this show together. Beef. On oh Netflix. yeah, 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 yeah. Beef because it's, it's about Asians, right? You and um, Ali Wong. Yeah, and because <laughs> it's about Asians, that's not why I watched it. Sure it is. Your wife is Asian. You saw an Asian show. I get it, motherfucker. <laughs> Solidarity. That's right. No, what I, is it about I was that. By the last episode, I couldn't give less of it. I could have. I, could, I gave one shit, <laughs> and that's what I went to do. And I came out to what happened at the end. And she's and my wife tells me, and then I rewound and watched five minutes and said, mm, "You're almost right. You missed one part." So I won't spoil that because it's the very last scene. So hang on a second here. The, the, I I only know about this one because Andrew Santino is a ranger dude in there who's one of my favorite sort of comedians. Like he's got a good podcast. But anyway, basically this this show follows a road rage incident between two Asian Americans. Sure, they and can't drive. <laughs> I'm Asian, Did everyone. I'm, I'm Asian, I'm Asian, it's fine, it's fine. Go on. <laughs> and Paul married an Asian, so as far as I'm concerned, he can say whatever he likes to. Okay? No. He has a half-Asian child. If you haven't proven that you're not racist against Asians by marrying one and then giving yeah, birth to one... You can't give shit to them. You can! You to absolutely them. can! Sorry. I went out with a Middle Eastern girl for a while, okay? I've never made more terrorist jokes in my <laughs> life. In fact, I wouldn't even say the term Middle Eastern. If I was asking her, is your uncle Middle Eastern? I wouldn't say it. I would just offensively mime it. No, you would say, is your uncle one of us? <laughs> <laughs> no, I said this. I was like, is your uncle... Uh... And then I mimed pulling a grenade. And I was like, is your uncle... Uh... <laughs> You know what? She left. Big shout out to our... <laughs> this is Israel. Yeah, the 12 of you. There's not even one no, of she's you. She's like number four. Now tell us. Piss off, really? It's, it's got to be a bot. It's got to be a bot. It's got to be a bot, yeah. So, <laughs> sorry. Back to me for what <laughs> it's worth. Back to me. And effectively, they have this road rage incident and they both blame each other and they're both probably uh, almost equally to blame as one another. But then it becomes this one-upmanship where... One of them finds the other and fucks with their life. The other one realizes who it is and fucks with their life, and it just gets out of fucking control. And that's that's, that's the show. Okay, is and and you're saying it's not so good? I just don't get the hype. It's it's fine. It's fine. There's nothing on my list, including Fubar, which is offensive. Like Fubar is not offensive. It's just disappointing. Yeah. Okay. Beef is fine, but the people raving about it and fucking jerking off to their video cameras over. I just don't get it. Do you think that? And your Pat and, and Patsy, your wife, yep. who is Asian, yep. also was nonplussed? No, no, she liked it. She liked, she liked it. it. I don't think she liked, liked it because she's Asian. I think she just liked the story <laughs> and then... In my head that's what it'll be. No. So <laughs> Where it's very slice a day kind of life, but then it gets to the point where it wants to be kind of 
realistic, but then they're doing such stupid shit that no one would do. Mm. I hadn't realised it was a critical darling. Yeah, absolutely. This is a big thing. This will pop up on lots of people's favourite 10 shows of the year list that come at the end of the year. Selling on a mine. It's fine. Beef. If you want, if that sounds interesting to you, absolutely do check it out. I'm not saying don't. Just say don't expect uh, amazingness and probably you'll be pleasantly surprised. Kind of interested. Like if it's an Asian show, shouldn't it be called pork? <laughs> <laughs> like sweet and sour. Anyway, the point is uh, well done. Okay, nice one. Interesting. Right. Uh, should I go again? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> it's like I have a lot to say about yours and then it's funny. Go on, please. <laughs> the... <laughs> oh, God, this show. If we thought it'd go any more off the rails... <laughs> Here we are in episode 431. My number eight is a Korean show. Hold your fucking horses way. It's called Jesus. Physical 100. <laughs> For what? Physical 100. It's like this rea- pseudo reality. It's a reality show where they've oh. effectively got a range of people from Korean National Olympic champions in gymnastics through to the biggest beefcake wrestler you've ever seen. Wow. And they're putting them in physical challenges against one another, whittling them down to being number one. Now... If not for the fact that I lost my iPad on a plane when I was mm. watching the last episode of the show, I might have liked it more. Maybe coloured my version of, of this. However, ironic. if you like this kind of thing, and it's fun. It's interesting. It would be a lot funner and more interesting had I not had to watch it in the English dub because we watched it with my daughter as a family show. Right. And there's about 10 to 12 women in of the 100. There's 100 of them that come together and they're whittling them away. Are they all chicks? No, no, they're oh. all, well, they're a mixture, but okay. there's 12 sort of women who volunteered to present against the men. Okay. And it's, 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 the challenges are interesting and engaging. And really? It, this would be high on a my game list. show? The number eight. Yeah. If it's a reality show, it's a game show, it's the wrong word. It's okay. a game show, they're whittling down to one who gets a big prize. I can't remember if they get it themselves or donate to charity, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. There's actors in there, there's stunt people in there, there's firefighters in there, there's, you know, like, like they're, they're, these are the cream, supposedly, of the Korean crop of athletes. Right. From being super strong to super life and because some of the challenges are hang from a fucking pole above 20 feet above water and just hang there. And the fat dudes drop really fast. Uh Whereas the life people, so there's, it evens up over the course of time. But the idea is who is the most physical specimen of them all? And when you get knocked out of the competition, you get to walk past a bust of yourself that's been made. Clearly they got, (laughs) um, and then you have to smash it with a hammer. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm shit. Bam. So I enjoyed it, but the Korean dub is awful. I mean, sorry, the English dub of the Korean language is awful. And I would rather have watched it with the subtitles because it feels like there's five people just doing all the voices for all on 100. Oh, God. But we had to do that because we're watching my daughter and she can't read fast enough through the subtitles to catch sure, it. Sure, so, sure, 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 yeah. Oh, the, was it the... Physical 100. I have never heard of that. So interesting. Okay. It was kind of a thing on, on well, probably six months ago now. So Groundswell, yeah. Yeah, well, okay. when I was in, when, when was I, yeah, finishing up in February of the year. So, yeah. Okay, cool. Nice one. I'll do one now. Okay, please. Okay. So um, I'll get through this real quick because I think I'm the only guy on the planet who actually watched it. Well, obviously, but only among our people. It's billions, okay? And it is a show that is not for everyone. I think it's set primarily in New York and Connecticut, and it's about basically. Originally, Damien Lewis, who's like this millionaire, and Chuck Rhodes, who is Paul Giamatti, and they hate each other and they fight and that sort of thing. Now, what's happened with this show is, for about five seasons, I thought it was great. And then this last season, Bobby Axelrod, Damien Lewis, has chosen to quit acting for a while. So they put this other guy in, the guy from Ant-Man. That's right. You were, Yes. And it turned to shit. It has absolutely become the most boring, Ooh. non-interesting, bag of ass, don't like it at all, couldn't give a shit. Poor writing, everything's gone bad about it. And then Paul. It's worse? 
No, Damien Lewis has comes announced back. coming back. Yeah. That's next season. But I stopped halfway through <laughs> this thing. They're like, this isn't working. Why is it not working? What's the dude? Oh, Corey Stoll, right? Corey Stoll, yeah. Corey Stoll's not working. What can we do? I know. Let's find a way to get Damien Lewis back. Yes, and I threw a bunch of money at him, and that's that. And I think it's the end of the season. But I will just tell you this. Uh, yeah, if you ever watch Billions, it'll be great for three to four seasons, and then it'll like, turn to shit, and who says, and then just come back for when it ends, because maybe it'll get better. So Billions is slightly ass. It's a lot ass now, actually. It's balls. Wow. So it's a long way to fall from what was once. Honestly, it was my favorite show on TV. Wow. Like, I mean, at the time. And it's fallen to, what's this, seven? I, did, I, I stopped watching it. That's how shit yeah, it is. Yeah, you're out. You're out. So it's over. Well, fair yep. enough. That's why FUBAR was my number 10. I did see all but the last episode of Physical 100, so I don't even know who won. Doesn't matter. My number seven, then. FUBAR 10, Beef 9, Physical 108. My number seven is the first episode of Black Mirror Season 6. Ah, now, I've never seen one of these things. Tell Joan me. is Awful is the name of mm-hmm. the episode. Now, mm-hmm. I would love to have put more of the episodes here and better out a ranked Black Mirror Season 6, but they're all standalone things that have nothing to do with one another. Great. So, there's also on Netflix that makes four from four on Netflix thus far. Joan is Awful basically follows a character played by the chick from Shit's Creek. Right. The, the, not the, the daughter. The daughter, yeah. The daughter. And she's in some middle management job. It's not Portia de Rossi, is it? No. I'm thinking no, no, so much. No, no. Okay, go on. Name's something Lewis. Got it. Annie got Lewis? Don't know for sure. Yep, yep. My apologies. Should have done my research. Sounds a bit like Wayne there, but uh, we've only one room for one <laughs> Wayne on this podcast. But anyway, she fires someone from the job quite awkwardly, then hooks, has a meeting with her ex-boyfriend oh, when yes. she's married to a guy, and then she gets home that night, and they turn on. It's not called Netflix. It's called like, Strawberry or some shit. I don't know. But it's Netflix mm. with the same font and whatever else. Oh. And there's a show there called Joan is Awful. Her name's Joan. Hmm. And they press play it. And Salma Hayek plays Joan oh, in the show. Salma Hayek's in it. On the TV. Hello. And it's her day being shown again. Oh. How the fuck is this happening? What the fuck? But being played by Salma Hayek. Being played by Salma Hayek. A fictional version which is a little bit more dramatized. Mm. But still, basically, essentially, everything that's happened, happens. Right. And she's sitting there watching with her husband to the point where it gets to... Them watching on the couch? Well, they're watching on the couch. It gets to the point where... And they like, what the fuck? And she's losing her mind. Yeah. And, and then she meets up with the ex-boyfriend and they kiss for a moment and then she pulls away and the husband sees this. And oh, that happened? Yeah. Oh, shit. Leaves her. And that's all. Based first, on that? Yeah, 15 minutes. Because it's realistic enough. Like, the comment she's making, like, he's really good cook, but blah, 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 blah. That kind of oh, shit. shit. Oh, shit. And it goes from there. Now, I don't want to spoil any more of it than that. It's clever and it, and it plays into agreements that you sign without reading all the fine texts. I see, I see. But I have to say, South Park did the same fucking thing about 10 years ago. Really? Just as effectively. Oh, really? So, like, this is not new. Charlie Booker is a guy that, that puts all these Black Mirror episodes together. And I've heard from our friends at Netflix and Swill that the back end of this season is pretty average. Mm. First couple of episodes are the best, so that doesn't put it in the in the uh, potentially in the best of context. But yeah, so Black Mirror season six kicks off Jonah's awful, which is pretty average. So it's not terrible. It's not great. Has a decent ending. That's all I say about it. I've never seen these Black Mirrors, but it strikes me to be this era's The Twilight Zone, only with a. With a technology yes. twist. I mean, that's probably not a bad way of putting it. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Like, I, I really should get along with these things. I think I've seen one Black Mirror one with the... I think it was um, with where people were rating each other on social yes. media. Yeah, that's with, seen uh, that Bryce one. Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. There you There's go. There's a really good episode which is sort of picking up on the Star Trek. Check that one out. You probably like Star that Trek, really? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to check that out. I think Definitely. It's USS something. 
Okay, very cool. Cool. Uh, my number six is a show that a lot of people have been chattering about as well. It's called The Night Agent. Right, and, low, huh? Well, here's what happened with this one. And this is probably a me thing because a lot of other people think it's great. Okay. And to be honest with you, I didn't really give it a shot because something happened in the show. Uh, it's about this FBI agent. His name is Peter Sutherland. And he's like monitoring an emergency line because he's got this sort of like, this is like one of those jobs at the FBI no one wants to do, but he's doing it. And he um, he answers a call that like basically plunges into him into this like conspiracy, and he finds out about a mole at the highest levels and U.S. government, and he has to save the nation to go into this hunt for a traitor, and it's all that kind of thing. I watched it, and the first thing I was thinking of was like, because I've never seen this guy before, and I'm whatever, and I'm like, the lead dude is fine, but from the two and a half episodes I saw, Fair enough, yeah. he wasn't quite leading manish to me i was sitting there going i don't know if i buy this but maybe that's for the show i'm not sure right probably too early to tell so he's meant to be an everyday man who just thrust into he's this he's meant to be a lower level he's not like he's not the, the star of the fbi who you know what i mean no, but no. like it's i think it sounds like a really crappy jack ryan yes i that's a good point and by the way i haven't started watching that yet no, the force just started right yeah very keen very very keen oh, haven't, really haven't had a chance as of as of yet oh, sh- hope that'd be great and then what happened was, right, so, but it doesn't, it's not bad. The way they're doing things is quite solid and that's fine. But then there's these two bad people, like the henchmen, right? And there's a, there's a guy and a girl. And when they came, they're really horrible. They kill everyone and stuff like that. But I found them very annoying to watch. So much okay. so that I, like, in the second episode towards the end, I went, I can't be fucked watching these two dickheads anymore, and I just shut it off. So oh, I, you literally went, I'm out. Yeah, because I'm like, these people are annoying to watch, and they're starting to piss me off, and I don't like them. I don't. They're not fun to Here's the thing. If you're a bad guy, yes, be menacing. Yes, be horrible. Yes, but make it interesting for me to watch. And for some reason, something about them annoyed me. What was better than this? What was worse than this? Sorry? Uh, it was Billions. <laughs> wow, you must fucking hated that then. Because Billions just fucking disappointed me. So this one here, yeah. Uh, look, I, I actually think if I kept on watching and could somehow stomach those shitty two characters, it would probably end up being quite higher on my list. But I just checked out of it now. If anyone's watched it, I think Dave Powell said this is the shit. Oh, not the shit, but he said solid good kind of thing online. So it probably is good. Says has it in the pop 10 feedback as well. So we'll see what they have to ah, say. There you go. So I think that, yeah, if I think, don't take my advice on this, people. You'll probably like it better if you could get past these characters that I couldn't get past. It seems like it's a good enough show in terms of production value. So yeah, the night agent. Not for me, but maybe for you. Okay. Yeah, I think that's probably the way we should frame most things. I didn't like it, but uh, you might if you're cray cray. My number six is a show which could yet rise up these ranks. And I did talk about it on the Patreon feed Silo. Ah, I've heard many about this. I'm eight episodes deep. Eight. Two to go in the season. It is intriguing what the overall premise is. And the, the premise very simply is this people at some dystopian level in the future, who knows how many years ahead, are living in this massive silo. It's like a. 150 floors high mm. or more than that. They kind of talk about taking like a day to journey. I'm like, even 150 steps, it wouldn't take you a day to Is walk Is it underground down. or above ground? At least high levels are above ground. It's kind of implied it's below ground. Okay. But you're not really sure. Because it's so, all contained. Yeah, yeah, it's all contained. And no one goes outside because if you go outside, you die. And that's very quickly established. Like you, They have cameras outside. And if you go outside because you asked to go out because you're allowed to if you're asked to go out, or you're sentenced to go out because of some heinous crime, right? you please clean off the cameras that are outside so people can see what 
the view from out there are. And okay. that, that view is streamed 24-7 into like cafes around this island. And what is Is it dystopian and horrible? Or is it? Well, yeah, like they're, they're, they're all living in this, not squalor, but close to it. No, no one's in this great opulence of, of life, let's put it that way, because yeah. they're all stuck in this one fucking tower that's mostly, I think, underground. Mm-hmm. And into this comes Rebecca Fergferg. Yep, Fergferg. Who, who is a engineer to keeps all the power on and therefore an essential person. In this. Sure. And someone she knows get murdered and she gets thrust into this murder investigation and things happen. That's a bit more interesting. The whole thing though is what's really going on with the with the silo. Mm. It's based on a series of books and it's been greenlit for season two. It's on Apple TV. So it is intriguing enough, but it's slow. Eight episodes. This, this is the problem. You've got to kind of First episode really intriguing, really good. Second episode almost as good. It really does spin its wheels, and I would argue doesn't effectively establish the culture enough because they're trying to hide as much from you as as possible. The world is being hidden from you and revealed very slowly, eked out in detail, small details. But there's a lot of faith there for around. Okay, hopefully this gets good, but Wait, I do want to know what's going on. Yeah, but you are still there in episode eight. Yeah, yeah? how yeah, many episodes? Two to come. Ten for the season, mm-hmm. and then as I said, season two is being greenlit. So. This could rise. The last two episodes are a killer. This could rise to be two, three really? on my list. So it's a good show yeah. but we're hearing. where it is right now, it's got to show some more before the end True. to improve. But I would still recommend it. At my six and above, I'm recommending it. Even seven, I recommend Jonah's Awful. This right is now. one of the blind spots because you, you know me and Brecker Ferguson, mm-hmm. big fan. I got to see this because of that. I've heard from other people, yes, it's very good. So this is the uh, final endorsement, my friend. We're yeah, going to do that. There we go. All right, cool. Get nice into one. it and let us know what you think. Nice one. Unfortunately, my number five is Fubar. Fubar, okay. So let's go to you again. But you've talked about two shows you really hated. So for various different yes. reasons. Well, not hated. That's maybe too strong a word, but we're disappointed slash weren't involved with. So yeah, that makes sense. My number five is Yellow Jacket season two. Oh, how not is this? As good as the first season. Plainly, simply put. Now in- they're on the island. Uh, oh, sorry, in the forest. forest. So Yellow Jackets follows a in the early nineties a female soccer team with their coaches and support staff crash crashes unfortunately in the middle of this forest. Mm-hmm. It takes them I can't remember how long it is off the top of my head, but let's just say twelve months or nine months to be found. Yep, the survivors to be found, and then it's it's alternating between that timeline and the current timeline where these seventeen year old girls, give or take, are now adults. Grown up. Yep, grown up. And they are, I guess, 30 years later. So, they're in their mid-40s-ish. Yeah, yeah. And things get revealed over time. So, we're progressing linearly through the both both timelines, but they're flashing back to reference each other. So, yeah. if that makes any sense. Juliet Lewis is in it. Melanie Linsky's in it. Mm-hmm. And pretty much everybody in this show is very, very good in their role. It was very... Horrory the first season. Yes, it's kind of dropped some of that away in the second season to be a bit more of a melodrama, which is probably where my concerns for it lay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not as engaged, not as interesting. They do throw a couple of curveballs very late in the season that made it more interesting again. Yep. Is Christina Ricci still good? Oh, in sorry, it? Christina Ricci. I forgot. Yeah, her. yeah, yeah. She's fantastic. In she's show. sort of the thing that I I noticed in the first one. She's excellent, and Jesus, the younger version of her that cast is. The spitting yeah. fucking image. Yeah. It's incredible. The only one whose younger version looks nothing like her is Juliet Lewis's. I do not understand how that one becomes this woman. Okay. But yeah, that, that's... Yeah. But everyone else is very, very good uh, in terms of the casting spot on, other than that one exception. Nice. So, yeah, they do really swing for the fences in the last couple of episodes. 
What I can't decide without giving spoilers away is whether or not I'm down for the overall pseudo explanation they seem to be working towards. Mm. I liked it more when there was much more intrigue and mystery. Well, that was my issue with the first one because I'm sitting there going, I don't know what the fuck's going on here and I needed a bit more before the oh, season You ended. might like season two more than me. Mm. So I thoroughly still recommend Yellow Jackets as an overall. It's 10 episodes a season. They're all about an hour long. It is a huge investment of time now if you haven't started, but if mm. you are on vo- you are, got the first season, I wasn't sure, continue. You might- long shows? Hour long? Yeah. 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 This is sort of the um, Showtime HBO more like 50, 55 minutes yep. an episode. Yep. Okay, not bad. Yellow Jacket Season 2. There we are. Cool. My number four is a show I've been meaning to. I started a while back, but I've been meaning to get to it for a while, and I finally have. It's Barry. Ooh, which, how far did you get? I'm only basically first season. Let, okay, first. all right. Cool. Uh, what did you think of the first season? Fucking, I, I knew it was good already. It's one of those shows that I didn't like, hadn't gotten to, but it's um, it's excellent. It's excellent. And here's the funny thing, well, funny, the interesting thing about it is that one, I love Henry Winkler in it. I love the font. So good. He's just like he's trying to fucking he's trying to fuck the the, the detective. detective. And I'm like, have you not finished the first season then? No. Okay. So something happens. Okay, cool. All right. But this is what I like about the show because initially you go, okay, so the premises are here, the characters are great. That No Ho Hank guy is like, and maybe it's a bold person thing, but I, I quite <laughs> I quite enjoy the the way he's like a sort of a. I mean, he's a thug and all that stuff, but he's oddly. Charismatic. Yes, in a but in a weird way. You kind of like you do. Yeah, yeah. So there's that guy, but and even all the other characters are good. But what I what I found. What do you think of Barry himself? Barry. Now this is it. Here it's an anti-hero story, sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I don't find myself necessarily rooting for Barry in the way you might for an anti-hero because you give like Bill Hader's giving you know you quite good insights into that character through like you know this season and stuff, but. He's still like a hitman. Like he's still killing people. He is people. my strong belief. About yeah, the yeah, show. Go on. And, you, yeah. and once you've gone further, and yeah, hopefully yeah. you'll continue. I, d- I definitely will because I like it. Once you've gone further, I think you'll see this become increasingly glaringly obvious. Mm-hmm. They're not intending you to love Barry. Yeah, they don't want you to. Mm. He's not the hero, even the anti-hero. He's not. It's a little bit like Michael Corleone in The Godfather. Yeah. Francis Ford Coppola never intended him to be someone that people identify with. Yeah, that makes sense. So this is the TV version of that, and they are brave enough to play with that. I'll tell you that. So are you up to date? I finished it. Oh, you finished it. Is it finished? Yep. Four okay. seasons. Four seasons. Ten episodes a season. All 30, 20, 27 to 35 minutes, give or take. See, that's the best thing about this. You can just rip through it, right? Yep. Um, Keep going, man. I want to hear it. End of the year. End yeah. of the year, we come back to best of TV. I want to see whether it makes you list or not. Okay, cool. So that interests me. Because any show that doesn't give you a hero, sort of? It doesn't. And and here's the thing. No one's a hero on this show. No this, one. Yeah. They're all pieces of shit to a greater or lesser degree. Right. I call this um the Always Sunny theory. Okay. Where uh, okay. everyone in the show is actually not likable and not a good character. But and and therefore I can see some people them. just go, can't do this. Ah, okay, cool. I'll definitely keep watching. Barry. Barry. Yeah. All right, I'm cool. In. My number four is an Australian show. Quite proud of that fact, just because we're Australian. Yeah. Auntie Donna's uh, okay. Coffee Cafe. Auntie Donna is a troop of, a trio of Australian comedians, uh, Brogan, Broden, Mark, and Zach. And mm-hmm. they did a Netflix special about three, four years ago. It was Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun. Was that a series? That was, was a series, yeah. six episodes. That was much more just sketch comedy, surrealist bullshit. This is more of a sitcom, but with a very surrealist bent. Okay. So 
They've opened a cafe in Melbourne's thriving cafe, cafe strip. That's where they live. Yep, they're from yep. Melbourne. It's totally Melbourne. And they're just taking the piss out of that left, right and centre over and over again. I feel like I would like this. I feel like I would really like this because I really like making fun of hipsters and I really like... I think you would like it, Wayne. Yeah. You, uh, you know what? I, I still laugh at the fucking Morning Brown thing from the previous course, thing, right? Because that's the hilarious. funniest thing ever. Not, no one here as good as songs as Morning Brown. Is there songs in this one? Yes. Because I can do without songs. I don't care. I yeah, just there want... are, but very, very few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just get into ridiculous sort of moments, if you will, mm-hmm. around this trying to make their cafe successful and popular and wanting reviews, for example. There's a seat, there's a an episode where they've got, oh, I've taken a booking for a group of like thuggy kind of uh, football players. Oh, yeah. At rugby players, whatever, and then a group of D and D nerds. We can't let them meet because they'll beat the fuck out of each other. <laughs> you know, that, it's that kind of stupidity. <laughs> and another scene where, well, we need to hire out some of the cafe space to make money. I know. Let's let's have the the international competition for the worst noughts and crosses player. <laughs> so this is like it's very quirky sounding. It's very quirky, and then. The genius of it, if you will, yeah. is if you follow them, which I have now, and I start listening to their podcast because I just find them very amusing. Yeah. But they'll do a little bit in amongst that where they cross to that noughts and crosses game and they just show you like 20, 30 seconds of the joke. But then they've actually filmed three minutes or four minutes of the joke and they release that separately. Oh. So that's great. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit of little so longevity there. On, on their social media and on YouTube and whatever else. And you can see the whole bit, which mm. is independent of the fact it's in this cafe and whatever else. But- Okay. In the show, I showed 20, 30, maybe 45 seconds of it. Yeah. And it's funny enough because I've edited it in a clever way. So I think that's pretty genius, like multi-level Interesting. TV show making. It's not – I want to be careful. I don't want to sell us the funniest thing ever. It's mm. funny. Yeah. I laughed at least three, four times every every 25-minute episode. That's pretty big. That's pretty big. But there were some genuine belly laughs a couple of times. So, mm. yeah, I like – Auntie Donna's Coffee Cafe. Coffee Cafe. I would recommend it to anyone who enjoys that kind of surrealist humor. Surrealist. Yeah, okay. I'm in. I'm in. I'll check it out. Cool. For sure. All right. Now, my number three is a show that apparently is the most popular streaming show, or at least was at one time. It's okay. called Yellowstone. Oh, yeah. Okay. I tried this show. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it, eh? See, here's the thing. The show follows the Dutton family, who are the owners of the largest ranch in Montana, and it's a little bit hard probably for like the Aussie folks to to necessarily like ranch millionaires and stuff. It's a whole new thing. It's a little bit like Dynasty, but not kind of I don't know. It's like it's um <laughs> It's just aged out ninety seven percent of our listening. Yeah, population. probably because no one's <laughs> no one's old enough to know who that is. And this is so the Yellowstone Ranch, basically the plot revolves around family drama at the ranch and bordering broken back sort of broken rock Indian reservation, the Yellowstone National Park and developers and stuff. It's essentially about Kevin Costner, who is the patriarch of the family. And the reason I like it is it's got... I actually think Kevin Costner is an amazing leading man. Like, um, I saw this movie with him and Ryan Reynolds years ago when I was in the States. I can't remember what it was called, but it was a spy movie. And it was... Um, do you remember the one it was called? I do. Yeah, it, was called, it wasn't called Safe. It was called... I can't remember. Anyway. Well, um, that was Ryan Reynolds and Denzel Washington, I think. Was it? Yeah. See, something like that. But like the, just the, Ke- the Kevin Costner's kind of presence and the way this show opens was crazy as well because it just opens with like him sort of moving into frame gingerly and he's like reaching out to a horse and the horse is like hurt and stuff and you feel like they've been in an accident and he's like kind of basically trying to calm the horse down and say that i can offer you a quick end blam you know shit like that you remember that yep um, taylor sheridan wrote this taylor sheridan what do you do he's the guy that did wind river 
Oh, oh. Sicario and Sicario really? 2. He wrote, wrote those films. Obviously, didn't he even knew. Yeah, that's wrote- what I do like about it. The actual writing in this is what it is. You actually become a little bit addicted to the characters. And each one is interesting. Like, um, who's the, who's the American Wes Bentley? American beauty guy. He's in it, right? He's like Kevin Costner's son, right? Yes, that's And him. it is very much one of these empire-type shows, but because it's set in Montana and because it's about a ranch and because it's you're just seeing kind of the ball-breakingness of Kevin Costner, and I believe it's actually inspired some prequel with Harry Ford in it. Yeah, 1892. or something. Yeah, I haven't seen any of those things, but I will say that it is one of those where you have to get through the first few episodes. I didn't mind them, but like once you understand how the characters are woven in... It actually does make it sort of better, and it's it's it's. I, I can sort of see why people dig it. It's a uh, it's worth it's it's totally a drama, okay. But I do think it's really really good. So Yellowstone. So we try to watch it. The first episode is like two hours long from memory. And that is a barrier. Oh god, it was a drag though. Like we just, my wife and I just said, okay, it's not for us. That's yeah, why, that's, I understand it's a darling, and people love the shit out of it. Not having a go if you. It's really weird thing. to me that it is a darling though. This doesn't seem to me to be like a, like a huge like you know appeals to every audience. I think it's very specific. Well, again, I think there's a some feedback in the pop ten about this show, and it's it's glowing in its endorsement. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure why it didn't speak to me because this kind of hard, sort of gritty, realistic show where yeah. you know, anyone can die at any point and from memory someone does die in the first episode. It should have been my bag, but it just didn't speak to me. Yeah. It dep- I think it's, yeah. For me, I'm just enjoying performances. Okay. But the writing too. So there you Fair go. Fair enough. Number three is a little bit of a punt I'm taking here because I've only watched three episodes of it. Of this first season of the show, which premiered on Apple TV Plus not that long ago, but it's written by Bill Lawrence and Brett, oh. and Brett Goldstein yeah, yeah, yeah. from Ted Lasso fame yes, and obviously yes, winning yes. the Emmy for his performance as Roy Kent. Mm-hmm. It's called Shrinking. Yeah, yeah. I fucking hate TV shows and films about psychotherapy. Because you are one. Because it drives me fucking insane how inanely inaccurate they are. And The Sopranos is the number one. I don't hate The Sopranos because mm. everything else about the show is good enough. Yeah. But it will never be in my top shows of all time because of how terrible those therapy they scenes are. They write those things. I remember between. you telling me, saying, the fact that she is between, he's between her and the door is ridiculous. Even that part. But but beyond like what she's doing with him, and I, thankfully I don't think I've ever had to deal with a, uh, a ma- basically a mafia mob boss in my room as a therapist. <laughs> that you'll tell client. us about. But the point is, what she's saying is so out of fucking left field and they're trying to convey that she's kind of attracted to... Fuck off. <laughs> it's bullshit and it's awful and it's terribly written, those scenes. So that's yeah. why The Sopranos will never be in my echel- top echelon of... of because when you're in something... Yeah. And you watch it. Like, yeah. if it was a show about marketers, I'm sure when you'd be Absolutely. like, uh, Apart from being the most boring show ever, yeah. <laughs> um, actually, the movie, there's an Aussie movie called The Bank, which is ridiculous. I do remember that show. Yeah. Yep. And I'm like, fuck off. I've worked in Aussie banks. It does not go that way. There you go. go on. So, once you've got familiarity with nothing, nothing stands up. And I'm sure it's the same people work in fucking ER rooms totally. and, you know, for all those shows. Totally. Anyway, back to this show. What's great about it and what gets me past that hump is it's about a therapist who's breaking bad, basically. He's just like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to do it this way because I'm so desperate and I'm so broken myself. I'm going to do it this way to help my clients. Is that Harry or is it Jason? No, it's Jason Segal. Okay. Harry is the guy who owns this clinic that they, or this cognitive behavioral therapeutic center that they work at. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's kind of his mentor. There's an African-American woman who's another therapist who works there. Mm-hmm. It's the three of them and it's all following after Jason Segal's wife has died and he's got a, I guess she's 17, 18 year old daughter. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the next door neighbour is played by Dr. Cox's wife, i.e. Bill Lawrence's wife. In yeah, yeah. Life, that chick from, from Drew Carey Show. Yep. Christina Miller. Yeah, from yep. the Drew Carey Show, yep. who's had so much Botox. Dude, in Drew Carey, she was beautiful. <sighs> You'd probably still hit that she's, in Scrubs. What do you mean, probably still? She was awesomely hot in Scrubs. Yeah? Yeah, man. She's the older woman, and she's like, Doo. Yeah, okay, okay. Yep. She's pregnant for a bit of it, so I kind of, yeah. But anyway. Um, right, <laughs> can we just get past Wayne hang ups? Beautiful woman. Yeah. She's and a fantastic yeah. character in that show. And she's a very good actor. That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she does really well here playing this neighbor who's kind of fulfilling filling in the mother role. Oh, okay. Oh, so she's changed up. Okay. Yeah. And she, her husband, I think, is the guy from, someone was telling me this the other day. I can't remember what it, what it was. Oh, from Happy Days. Mm-hmm. It's one of the, like, the friends from Happy Days. Like like Potsy or Ralph or someone? Or it can't it's be. A good looking dude. Can't remember. Anyway. Oh, Ted McGingley? Yes. Oh, yeah, from Married with Children as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, he's still around. Oh, that's Marcy's husband, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize it. I had realized he was. Yeah. That's right. Anyway, so yeah, very funny. Yeah? Very clever. So you like the show? Yeah. Three episodes. This is huge for like a shrink to like it. I'm fucking full on. And the only reason it's three and not one or not ten is I haven't seen the other seven episodes. Okay. But I'm totally in. And I've got two episodes left of Silo and three, uh, seven of Shrinking. I just, all I want to do is watch Shrinking. Fuck off. What? This is huge. Let me just got you early. Yeah. And we, we used to have this rule, me, me and Paul, everyone, which is like, if a show doesn't grab you in three episodes, yep. you're done. It has to grab you in three episodes. And Game of Thrones just gets you. I'd read the books. So Game of Thrones is always going to have ah. me. But I do remember having a lot of coaching sessions with you and my wife. Yeah. And then also listening because <laughs> I had I had read the books and understood how Absolutely. it was unfolding. <laughs> nice one. Okay. Uh, my number two is uh, continuing the theme of everyone told me to watch this and then I never did. And then I finally started and I kind of get it. Uh, everyone. <laughs> what a fucking shock. No, but Wayne not you. ignores his better knowledge co-host. <laughs> no, not you. Oh. This is this is from everyone else that I said. They said they, Succession. They said, you got to oh. watch Succession. I'm like, yes. okay. Okay, I, I did not. Hadn't come across, well, uh, I had come across it. Oh, but let's I'd, just rewind that tape there on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone, this series centers on the Roy family. And it's the owners of Global Media and they're, entertainment conglomerate they're called waystar royco and it is essentially i am told there is nothing formally saying this but basically it very much is kind of giving you it's it's the murdoch family right it's, it's not but it kind of is so it's a it's a reflection slash yes what's the word uh how it might have been yes okay. that's right so the the lead guy is very inspired kind of, by yeah because it basically is about this big conglomerate and they're one of the biggest media companies in the world but it does show you how like people don't really like media companies anymore people don't like the stock and then the patriarch guy is like he's ailing health very rupert murdochy mm. he's got like you know sons and he's got a daughter and like just like rupert murdoch kind of thing and they're all sort of vying for control Kieran Culkin is in it. Jeremy Strong, mm-hmm. um, Sarah Snook, Sarah Snook, Brian, uh, Brian Cox, Brian Cox is, is Brian Cox. He's the mogul, right? He's the mogul guy, right? And so, basically, here's the thing, though, right? It shouldn't be popular because it's just a bunch of disgustingly just rich adult children fighting over daddy's mommy and approval, and every character is horrible. They are all cunts. Yep. There's not one that's nice. In fact, they are a different level of cunt. Right? Um, <laughs> okay. Cameron from Ferris Bueller is one of the sons as well. And he's the only one that's sort of not. He says, I don't really care. I'll just go with what everyone says. My Cameron, Cameron go. Him, right? But then he's a cunt in another way in that he's an annoying shithead. So <laughs> it's like, what? This shouldn't make. But what makes it, what makes it so compelling? Not so much the storylines. 
it's more the whip smart writing and the detailed character studies. After about three episodes, I'm like, I do definitely want to keep watching this. And I am going to keep watching so it. How far are you in? Three? Uh, I'm four in. Four okay. in. I am, but like, I'm sitting there going, I can see why people like it. Like, it's, and they also, it's not just a case of like, are they all rich? How rich are they? They do introduce some peril into the show, as in like that that bank balance is at risk because of certain things. And there's, you know, there's one scene where Macaulay Culkin's brother, <laughs> right? Kieran. Kieran Culkin, <laughs> comes on a skyscraper window. Dwayne's <laughs> like, life goals. <laughs> I've been in offices like that, but I've never thought, I wonder if I could come on this on window. a skyscraper window with the thing in front of it. Yeah, there's a building in Perth, everyone, the bank was I pissed there too. Yeah, right. Where the for some like, you're gonna come and piss on my building. Yeah, the right. uh, the architect has somehow made the men's toilets on every floor adjacent slightly to the actual <laughs> to like so it feels like you're pissing on the city. From I was like, this is really it was really quite the amazing moment. It was great. It was great. <laughs> Top three pisses in my life. Right, it's the shit. And uh, speaking of the shit, there's another room high up where if you take a shit, you are looking out onto. This is the 46th floor. It's really high up. You're shitting with the best view ever. I've shat there three times. Okay. <laughs> You have to sneak into that room, but I shat there. Anyway, uh, Succession, my number two. Ching, 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 ching. Sorry, okay. Very nice, very nice. My number two is where I have eventually, having just completed season two of From. Ah, you have spoken of this and yeah. so have many others. Bring it. From is a TV show. You haven't watched any of it, have you? No, but it, I know that... It's very Lostian in nature, so I can understand why it puts some people And Michael's off. in it, right? Michael is in it, so he's, he's now playing a character named Boyd, Harold Perrineau, and it effectively follows a group of people who are summoned, brought into, we're not sure, this small, very tiny one-street town with a bunch of houses and a convenience store, and that's fucking it. No McDonald's anywhere to what? be seen. But they're all pushed there by a broken tree across the highway. And they take a detour in this town. And they drive out. And they drive back in. It's just like there's this loop. They can't get out. There's no escaping it. And at night, these humanoid-looking creatures come out. And if you let them in your house, they will tear you to pieces. Literally. That's the opening scene of the show. Wow. Over the course of the two seasons, which are 10 episodes each, it's on Stan in Australia. I'm not sure. I think it's FX. I think. Don't mm-hmm. quote me. Mm-hmm. In the US. You get to know a whole bunch of other characters and throw in with them. Some of them have been stuck there for, in, in one at least one case, 40 years, maybe 50 years. Wow. And, you, you know, it's still aging normally, but you cannot cannot get out of there. Oh. And it's quite intriguing and interesting and bloodthirsty at times. This show, particularly the first season... That's why Paul's there. ...presents itself as a horror TV show mm-hmm. with a fantastical element and whatever else, but we don't get answers. And they're building questions in as we proceed a little bit like Lost. And my worry is we're eventually going to just abandon the answers to a lot of these questions. So this is like Lost where you don't get shit until the fucking thing finishes. Well, we're at the end of the second season. I don't know. We've got, we got an answer. We've got a very intriguing development by the end of the second season. I want to say this about this second season. The first two or three episodes of excellent, excellent, taut, thriller. Oh, my God. Who's going to survive this? Can they get out of this? Can they not? It does tread water a lot through the middle four or five episodes, I will say. And then the last couple of episodes, it picks up again and sprints to the finish with the last episode being a very, very good one where we're maybe not got answers, but we potentially have the, the potential for answers in season three. So, But it's not put you off having not gotten the answers, no, yes? No, and the difference is maybe it's a simple case of numbers. Lost was sometimes 26 episodes a season. Do remind me how fucking pointless Lost became at some stage. This is 10 episodes. It's a lot easier. So basically we've had one season, not even yet, of Lost. 
and we've advanced so much yep. further than we have in yep. that time. So it's moving much faster. I think that is, if there's a big improvement on television series, is we got away from that 22 to 24 Absolutely. to 26 episodes Agree. season. That's what you have to deliver. You have to give us half a year of television yep. in order to be successful. Which now is, it's like, yeah. no, no, the streaming era has allowed TV makers, showrunners to go, this is a 10-episode arc. It's a 12-episode arc. It's all we've got. That's right. If Korea could just lose, the, learn the same fucking lesson, <laughs> would be so much better. That is off. the thing. Korean movies and TV shows oh, go Korean for TV way shows too like an long. An hour and seventeen for one. I'm like, fuck off. Why? Exactly. And you watch it. It's like thirty minutes of it just fucking staring forlornly into each other's eyes. But anyway, that's a different, hire a script editor. That's and an a editor. different point. So yeah, from season two, well recommended. Great cliffhanger ending to it. Do check it out. Number two on your list, yep. eh? All right, fair enough. What have you got, Wayne? What is your number one? Again, we won't compare these shows because no, we're not watching fine. the same it's thing. Fine. Uh, this is in the department of TV shows that I think might have been made for me, Paul. Mm-hmm. Is a TV show called Platonic. Now, this makes no sense. I well, wait, wait, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, let me tell you the premise, Paul. First of all, Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne, right? Mm-hmm. Comprising from their Bad Neighbors days of Neighbors, okay. whatever. Mm-hmm. Not the same characters, of course. I didn't know this when I started watching. Never it. heard of it, dude. It's it's I didn't know this, but it's written and created and by Nicholas Stoller. Oh, Nicholas so Stoller, who does yeah. all of my favorite fucking comedies. Had I known this, I would have jumped to it straight away. As it is, I've only seen four episodes. But it is about essentially Seth Rogen and Ro- and and Rose Byrne are these two folks. They used to be friends. Seth Rogen owns part owns a bar, and Rose Byrne is a just a housewife. A long time ago, that's right. We used to be <laughs> friends. That's it. Now I can have a song to end the episode. With. <laughs> And then people will actually recognize it. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and they both have partners, right? Roseburn has a family. So it's all, and they haven't spoken in years, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And Seth Rogen's marriage then breaks up and Roseburn just sort of checks in with him after having not spoken to him for years and that kind of thing. And her husband, who is the good looking guy from Bros, is, is like urging. He goes, yeah, you should, you should totally talk with your friend. You know, it's all cool. The show is about platonic friends as you can imagine or can they remain uh, well here's the thing though because Answer with wayne no <laughs> well no <laughs> here's no, no, the thing he here's have the platonic th- friends yeah i was thinking about this and three I'll tell you of about them. i actually think it might Maybe be slightly, slightly less than three um so <laughs> well in the show purports that people our age in mm-hmm. our 40s don't really hang out platonically with the opposite sex the dudes hang with the dudes and the girls hang with the girls i hang out with girls Really not Last often. night I went out with five of them just by myself. Only male. Really? Yep. Fucked up this TV show. Scrap hang it. On, hang on. on, hang on, fucker. Hang on, fucker. Because there's... Well, they were just saying that, that, that it's unusual and hence the, the relationship at the center of the show is, you know, easy to live on, right? So I don't know if you find... Obviously, you don't find that. They were saying that, you know, there's an amusing rhetoric on how men and women can't be friends unless the woman is butt ugly. Oh, my God. <laughs> Like Wayne's philosophy. No, no, I don't. Decide. Well, look, I was thinking about this myself, and I'm like, I have many female friends. How many are crazy hot? Probably, like, sorry, how many are crazy hot, and I haven't nailed them? All right? Jesus, not many. Three, two. All right? So- <laughs> Work in. No, no, not at progress. all. Not at all. Not at all. All right? <laughs> so, like, the, but what is this is such cutting edge comedy. The dialogue is just like his films. Where, what's it on? Where's where this streaming? Uh, Platonic is Apple TV. Okay. All right. So um, Roseburn is crazy cute because she's like, uh, she's just like eating fries, like stuffing him in her face when she's stoned and stuff like that. And excellent dialogue, drive-by comedic moments that you weren't expecting. I just love the show. It's a half hour. Okay. Nice. Jump all in. Enjoy the jokes. 
Rose Byrne is an excellent comedic actress. I think I'm getting a bit of a crush on her, frankly. Um, Fair enough. And she plays an Aussie in this as well, in an American world. Awesome. Just like, you know, so it's like kind of funny. But like, uh, really, really great. And Seth Rogen is also, I'm sure he produced this as well, because he always does that. But really great. Really great. He's Good sort one. of a hipster. Nice. Yeah. All right. My number one is a previously mentioned show on Wayne's List, but it's the fourth season and the final season of Barry. Ah, now let's talk about Barry. I you can't can talk about it in too much more detail. Just spoil it, I don't no, care. No, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm right. not going to deny you nor the listener, Wayne, your journey to the end of this HBO show. This is one, man. This is number one, son. This show, it makes some bold, creative decisions. I will, I will say that. You will not see where this show goes after, I would say, season two. Ooh. And... You will be discombobulated and disconcerted and not at all sure. And there'll be some things that aren't perfectly wrapped up nor nicely explained. But mostly it resonates and it earns the ending that it goes for. So That's made me way more intrigued now. Like for you to go, and first I, of all, put it on number one. And I have, to, I have to just leave it there. And maybe if you hadn't, weren't watching it and weren't interested, I might talk in more detail. Mm. But I don't want to deny you. You want me to have the moment? Yes. Okay. Moments, Thank you. Not Very one kind. moment. Moments. 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 Moments in this show. Mike. Oh, uh, yeah. I can't ask you any questions about it. So, um, uh, so Barry, of course, by Bill Hader directs. Yeah. I think, if not every episode of season four, the vast majority of them. Can you notice it? Yeah, I think you can see. There's an episode in season three, which I, here's a, a minor, minor spoiler Go for on. for Barry. So skip forward thirty seconds if you really don't want to know anything about it. But you're like, oh fuck it. Paul says we should watch it. Let's watch it. Wayne's intrigued by the first three episodes. Watch it. Three, two, one, where he's sent to kill a guy and the guy's daughter is trained. And like, when I say daughter, like a 15, 14-year-old kid, yeah. something like that, is he's not trying to kill her. He's just trying to stop her from running away because he wants to get it somewhere safe. And she's kicking the absolute fuck out of him. And the direction in this, at that episode, which is directed by Bill Hader, is so weird and out there. And like even what he's seeing, and it calls into question the sort of reality of this show. Really? It's so off the wall and different. It's kind of like good? the Breaking Bad, terrible fucking fly episode where they're trapped in the. Which, oh, it's the yeah. They called something those episodes. Yeah, I can't remember what it is. Yeah, but, I can't remember. They, yeah, but it's not. It's not held to one location to keep oh, okay. the cost down. But it is a little bit like that. It's just so out of left field, kind of just throw it in, see what happens. Clear. Did you like it? Uh, I did, but I did feel a bit out of place. But okay. you could forgive it. Could like he's directed more than that, just that episode, but. It felt a bit like he was auditioning to just take the reins in season four. Mm. And there's a lot more of that kind of thing in season four. I think we talked about this before. Bill Hader actually joined Hollywood to be a director, mm. not to be an actor. And so that's why people say that he's actually a great director. Yeah, and I think I said this on our Patreon episode. He has an absolute future behind the camera. So when he's ready to give away the acting part and take over control of, of projects, I don't think too many people are going to stand his way on the basis of this show. Critical Darling, not that many people watch it. I said it was HBO, I think it's FX. FX, yeah. Oh, I could be wrong on that too. I don't know. I can't wherever, remember. wherever. It's, a, it's not this huge thing which people are just beating down the door for, but it was four seasons over, I think the first two seasons were pre-COVID, the last two seasons post-COVID, or at least the third season was shot during. Absolutely check out Barry. It is about, as Wayne said, a hitman who tries to become an actor in Hollywood and wants to leave that life behind, but the life won't leave him behind. Pulls him back in. All right. That's nice one. Alice Wayne. No one will mention this because we've talked about everything, all, right? All I'll tell you is shows that I was trying to get to and never did, and I've never seen any of these, but I want to watch these. All right, go for it. There's a show called Warrior, which apparently has a lot of martial arts shit in it. Okay. Never um, heard of it. The Bear. I've yeah, heard of this I tried show. that show. Have it? Yeah, not for you? Not for me. 
And it's a show called Mrs. Davis, which looks kind of interesting. Um, oh, yeah, the one uh, that's by Damon Lindelof, is I it? I think so, yeah. It's like an unusual... I, and I, it's I a nun versus yes, AI. Yeah, yeah, which is like, what the fuck? So yeah, I just got maybe, interested. Maybe but maybe be, I'll get along to those. So. I got nothing of the kind. So that's it for us. What about you? We wrap up every episode of The Countdown with your feedback of the topic at hand. The segment that we call The Pop 10. Talk about... Talk about Pop 10. Kicking off this week's Pop 10 with Timothy Williams. He said he has two comedies he'd highly recommend. Jury Duty, James Marsden Take a Bow, Hidden Cam Show, very much like The Office style. What? James Marsden? Yeah, it's a show cam. where they've got one dude who thinks he's in a real jury. Yeah. And everyone else is an actor, including James Marsden, who's playing James Marsden, a hyper-realized version of himself. Would they not recognize him? Well, they, no, he did, but he's like, he's playing himself. Oh, okay. And... Everything else is set up. All the plot lines are set up, but the guy doesn't know. And I watched the first episode and I was a bit, I found it a bit awkward, but obviously Tim. Oh, I hate it. that awkward comedy, but yeah, I know what so you it mean. It might not yeah. be for everyone. Yeah. Uh, and Koala Man, if you like Rick and Morty and Solo Opposites, give it a go. Ozzy's probably would enjoy it more. Hugh Jackman's character is a pisser. I've never even heard of Koala Man. Neither have I. There's so much shit out there. Jesse Dixon said, tapped out of HBO's The Idol three episodes in. Probably the worst television show I've ever seen. What's it called? The Idol. The Idol. I think okay. it stars Johnny Depp's daughter and... Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw... Uh, the Weeknd. Yeah. I, I've seen a poster, basically. <laughs> Min Harker, aka Dan, so the fifth and final season of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is a strong return to form after a terrible fourth season. Oh, not a bad fourth season. Great send-off. Okay, nice. Great show. Then Kia Crow, long-term listener to the show. Kia, hello, Kia. how are you? Said a few miniseries on Netflix I've watched. Tour de France Unchained, a good insight to Team Tactics, Radio Comms, interviews with the lead writers from the last year's tour. Mm, druggies. Number two. The night, yeah. yeah, the night agent. An action and conspiracy drama. Some terrible dialogue and character writing. But was madly addictive. Ah, interesting. Mm. So, yeah, okay. A bit of both. Go on. And number three, The Diplomat. A political drama with Kerry Russell and Rufus Sewell. A bit slow at the start and Kerry Russell is kind of annoying, but it builds momentum and ends on a cliffhanger that had me wanting more. Really? Mm. Speaking of Kerry Russell, have you ever seen The Americans? Yes. Watched the first couple of seasons. Fan? Lost me. Lost you. Yeah, I just got same But same. was good at some stage. Yeah, I enjoyed I've it. I've a lot of things about it. it. But it got, I mean, I don't know. I, sometimes it's just the same thing over and yep. over and yep. over again. Yep. That, that's what that show felt like to me. Uh, so I lost interest completely. I have no desire to see how it, how it ended up. Very much. Mary Clement Hill said, Slow Horses blew me away so hard. It's a sort of, I think, a spy espionage kind of thing. With, Slow Horses. Yeah, Never heard of it. Want to. Gary Oldman. I had no shit. idea it was going to be that good, she said. What is this? I've never heard of this shit. If I can write some notes down, Wayne. I am slow <laughs> Andrew Watson said, enjoy Wednesday, even if the reel was a bit obvious. Now, you've seen this show, yeah? Only the first episode. Okay, go on. And despite my resistance and protestation that she's the least interesting character in the original series, Queen Charlotte is Shonda Rhimes' winner. Shonda Rhimes' winner? I don't know what that means. What is that? Yeah, okay, that okay. The show is Shonda Rhimes is it? or Queen Charlotte? I don't know. Okay. Nick Hemming, The Power and Prime was a great idea, done badly. So slow and a bit dull, would not recommend. Marie Holt said, Auntie Donna's Coffee Cafe, hilarious. Not as crazy as Big Old House of Fun. Every episode is a different issue. The boys have to deal with running a cafe. My favourite episode is number four, where they unwillingly host the real estate awards known as the Cunties. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne's in. If he wasn't already, Wayne's in. Chris Yeeney, patron of the show, said, thank you, Chris, for your support. Said, wife just enjoyed Why Are You Like This? A quirky sitcom that I that I cupped see a 25-year-old, I could see a 25-year-old modern Wayne living in. Why are you like this? Mm. Okay. If, if he says I'm in it, I'm checking it out. Also up to episode 125, the DC Arrowverse chronological walkthrough. Okay. 
that's a undertaking, Chris, which I do not understand. Lee Allen <laughs> Thomas said, Poker Face, right up my street. I've still got four of the Tampasos to watch, but I'm leaving a gap because I don't want to watch them all at once. I don't know what Poker Face is. No, obviously it's not that Russell Crowe thing we saw. No, not that sh- piece of shit. <laughs> Here we go. Ashley Gorski, who is qualified among many, I should say, few others to comment on TV. Ashley's the bomb. With her show, Rabbit Ears TV Podcast. Do check it out. Wayne and I have both been guests on that show. Mm-hmm. Yellowstone is fantastic television. Our word. It's essentially a cowboy version of Succession. That makes a bit of sense now, doesn't it? The characters are well written. The story is gripping and the scenery and cinematography are stunning. 10 out of 10. Yeah, actually, actually. I forgot to mention that. The scenery is mad awesome. That's why she is the host of Rabbit Ears TV right Pod. Right there, right there. Nick Orton has said, Gannibal, Japanese kind of horror thriller. Is it meant to be Gannibal or Hannibal? I don't know if you... Anyway. Outsiders moving to a closed country village was creepy with a few twists and turns and lots of undesirable and odd characters. We've been watched it in one night as we really got into it, hoping for a season two. Hmm. And lastly, John has landed a new patron of the show. Thank you, John, John. for your support. They're giving two shows here. First, due to reasons I don't watch many shows these days with my wife. That being said, she was up for watching The Devil's Hour. Show what? was good. Actually, pretty good. What is this show? I like so Capaldi. I mentioned this on the Patreon episode. Oh, did you? Yeah, the Devil's yeah. Hour. I just I edited it out today because I said everything I had to say about it on the Patreon show. But mm-hmm. it's a very good show. It would be in my top three. Nice, well worth watching. And John's wife liked it as well. Nice. Second, two episodes is a secret evasion. Well, I think it's good, but it's a constant reminder that the F bomb hasn't hasn't been in an MCU movie yet. No, it was. Yeah, it was Guardians of the Galaxy three. Did you drop an F? Yep. Just get the fucking car. Oh yeah 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 yeah. But anyway, beside that point. That is the subject of our review next week on the show. So that's a nice little segue as we wrap up this week's Pop 10. Next week, we're going to be reviewing Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion. At least the first three episodes thereof. I haven't started yet. Wayne is two episodes deep. I am. So we'll see whether Marvel can do something decent on fucking television. Though I'm not <laughs> holding out any hope. You like Loki. Anyway. That's true. I did. I did indeed. All right, Wayne. How are the good folk get in touch with us? Google the Countdown Podcast uh, and find all our socials or send us an email at thecountdownpodcast at gmail.com and we got a website, thecountdownpodcast.com. You can like and follow the show on Podbean, where we host, where, as mentioned, we have just hit 650 episodes of this thing that we have published. We hope you will join us there. And, of course, the Facebook this community is the only place you can vote and get involved in discussion with us directly week in and week out. And that is it for episode 431 of the Countdown Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Wayne, what's happening next week for episode 432? We're a little unsure. Yeah, we're, we're a little We're waiting unsure. on a guest, whether or not they can confirm to come on because this was their idea. So we're going to come back to you on that. We'll be in touch. And let you know who the guest is and rather than throwing away and awkwardly having silence than me doing something <laughs> like, you know, like this. God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> that is it from us today. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Paul. My name is Wayne. And this has been The Soundboard. Didn't you just do The Soundboard? Why don't you You can't handle the you. truth. The truth is... You knew that was coming. We'll catch you next time. See ya. We used to be-